Hello, everyone. I'm Alicia Swamy, and I'm here with my co-host, Keely Severson, Eric Johnson, and Nico is making a little special guest appearance here. <laughs> Hello, baby Nico. We are here with Glenn Schmeisel. He has um, a mold detection dog, and he is the owner of Mold Canine out in Michigan. Thank you so much for joining us today, Glenn. Oh, thank you. It's such a privilege to be here. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. So, so tell me about this industry, just mold detection and what it's all about. Sure. Yeah. So um, I like to explain it this way. Um, Molly, my, my dog has been trained the same way a police dog is trained to find drugs or explosives or something. Instead, she's trained to find toxic mold. So, um, so she, anywhere she smells it, she will alert and let me know that there's mold present and she'll even point with her nose specifically where she sees it or smells it. So what species is she actually able to find in people's homes? Oh, that's a great question. So she's trained on all forms of toxic mold or all the families, I guess you could say. So penicillium, stachybacteris, chitonium, you know, all, all the heavy hitters, uh, all the types of mold that you don't want in your house. She's, she's trained to detect those. So. That's awesome. So, so did you, do you have a background in training dogs or you just like went to someone else, had her trained, and then now are using her to help other people find mold in their homes? Yeah. So thank you so much for asking. Um, so I didn't train her myself, although we do, we do upkeep training every day. Um, the way we got into this was we had our own kind of mold exposure story. My family and I, we had mold in our house and we tried to find it, tried to get it remediated. It didn't work. It's a story you hear a hundred times in, in this kind of industry. Right. And, uh, we were kind of pulling our hair out, trying to figure out where it is. And we, you know, we found out that there's such a thing as a mold detection dog. And, uh, the, the person that we found, his name is Bill Whitstein. He's down in Florida and he's the guy who pioneered the mold dog industry. He trains, he's trained dogs to find all kinds of things over the years, everything from turtle eggs to COVID to mold or bed bugs, you know? And so he started training dogs to find and detect mold. He came up to our house in Michigan he met Molly. We had Molly's, uh, she's not a special breed or anything. She's just a, she's just a mixed pup. We, we, uh, rescued from a shelter. Um, but when he met her, he thought she would be able to do it. So after he got done taking his mold dog through our house and found out where, you know, where the mold was lingering in our house, we decided to have her trained. So she spent three months down in Florida with Bill she learned how to do the work. And then I spent a week down in Florida after she was trained to learn how to do it so that I could help people up here in Michigan. So do you find that people come to you as kind of like the second line of defense because their first home tests or inspections failed to find anything on, you know, any mold in their homes? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, a lot of a lot of our clients are kind of in that boat. You know, they're kind of where we were at when we found mold dogs. And um you know, it's unfortunate that there's not other testing methods that can do what the dog does, but you know, a lot of, a lot of testing methods have their, their shortcomings and they can't really tell you where the mold is hiding. And, and there's even, uh, there's even instances where you'll take an air test or something. And depending on the day or depending on the, the weather that day, it'll tell you everything's fine, but you're still sick from mold 
you know, you know, you're still getting exposed because your doctor's telling you, you still have mycotoxins in your bloodstream or whatnot. And, but yet you can't find it. And so that's when a lot of our clients come to us and they find out that, that we have somebody who can tell you exactly where it is. And that's what Molly does. That's awesome. So you were, so that was definitely your own personal situation. So now that mm-hmm. Bill has helped you and I'm sure Molly is always inspecting the home. Um, do you notice that once you located it and fixed the situation that your guys's health improved in your home or? Yeah. So we, we've been doing this for about two years. So our first clients are kind of starting to get into that position because sometimes remediation takes a while. Um, so we've had some some very encouraging reports of you know our clients who have been confident that that we found it all and um and so yeah that 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 is the story and that's it's so rewarding and valuable for us to be able to do that for other people to finally give them some direction of like you know here's where the last of the mold is, or, or here's a spot that nobody would have looked at because there's no, no surface evidence of water damage or, or whatnot, but yet Molly can still smell it because, you know, the mold can't hide from the dog's nose. So. What about attics and crawl spaces? Are they able to detect those areas as well? I know it's probably kind of hard to get Molly up and <laughs> to see the room. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great, that's a good question. So, um, Bill likes to, uh, he likes to explain it this way. He said that if the dog couldn't find uh, drugs in an attic, then drug dealers would never get caught because they don't, they would just hide all that stuff in the attic. Right. You know, so she can definitely detect mold in attics and crawl spaces. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bit tricky sometimes for her to indicate that the mold is in the, is in the attic because typically she's picking it up on the floor, you know, so she's, you know, she's alerting because the mold is heavy and it's settling on the ground underneath that, that area. So that's kind of why we, we work as a team. I'll go into the house with Molly, we'll check everything. And then anywhere she alerts, I try to investigate, okay, now why is she alerting in this spot? You know, I'll take a further investigation. I'll look, okay, is it likely that she's alerting to, the floor vent or is there, you know, is there a pipe going through here or was there a roof leak, you know, uh, and that's why she's alerting in this area, you know? And so a lot of times I'll go up in the attic and do a visual inspection. And if I see any evidence of water damage or, or whatnot, you know, we'll, that'll be a good indication of why Molly is detecting mold in this area. So it's kind of, you know, we're, we're a team. She's more like the, she's the test. And then I'm the, I'm the, you know, investigator. What's going on in the ecosystem of the mold detection dog just arena? Is it is this becoming more popular? Like I I feel like this is not something that I've seen when I got sick. It was kind of sparse and now everyone's sort of popping up everywhere everywhere with like mold dogs. Is this a growing industry? I think I think it's starting to grow. Uh, I know from what Bill was telling me is that he used to train mold dogs a lot more in the U.S. Uh, years ago, but he kind of stopped doing it uh, because a lot of the a lot of the companies were, you know, ripping people off and and whatnot, or not keeping their dogs trained. Or, anyways, he kind of got burned out on it. But through the years, he he trains a lot of mold dogs overseas that go overseas. So. I guess apparently in Japan, 
if you think you have mold, you hire a mold dog. That's what everybody does over in Japan. So, but over in the U.S., it's kind of like no one's heard of it. You know, I mean, it makes sense. You know, why why can't a dog find find mold and not you know drugs or or something out like that? Um, but but yeah, I think you're right. I think it 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 is starting to grow in popularity. I think the word's kind of getting out. Yeah, because we know the current methods of testing, it's just, it's pretty limited. And also what you mentioned, the scams, the level of scams out there is just insane. The people are just being really taken advantage of. And that in turn leads to issues within a family because there's always, it seems like in a lot of families, there's always one person or a few people that are really sick. And then there's a, a spouse that doesn't believe them. And then you get this scam mold tester come in validate, you know, that, oh yeah, your wife is indeed crazy, you know, because we didn't find anything on a test. Like, are you basically coming in and kind of helping this, like validate people's illnesses? Um, Cause I feel like the mo- the mold dog is like the last line, in my opinion, the last line of defense to really definitively find mold or not in order for a family to kind of figure out what's next. And for that person that's sick to be validated. Yeah. Yeah. I- I'm so glad that you brought that up because it, it is the case a, a lot of in a lot of ways. You know, they'll come to us, they'll hire the dog, we come in, and it is such a relief. I mean, I can't express to you how much of a relief it was for us, for me, when we had Bill come up and his he took his dog, Sarge, through our house. Finally, I knew where the mold was. You know, my wife is sick from the mold. She's the one who's sensitive to it. She knows there's mold and I'm losing my mind. It's like the boogeyman, you know, he's, he's lurking around every corner and you don't, you don't know what to do. And, you know, in some ways you, you worry like, okay, are we crazy? Is there something else going on? You know? So like, it is such a relief to be able to um, tell people, yeah, you, you still have a mold problem or, or yeah, your the air test is, you know, is bull (laughs) and, uh, and it's, it's not correct. There's, there's mold, you know, and, um, that's an amazing thing that the dog can do because, because she can smell, smell mold, even if it's dried out and dead, you know, if it's from old water damage, that's since been dried out for years, but the mold particles are still in there lingering behind the wall, she can smell it and she can tell you exactly where it is. You know, it's, it's a very amazing way of detection. Um, that I, I haven't found another testing method that can, that can compare really. I have another testing method. Okay. Mold detection people. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Keeley and I are, are, are mold detectors. I guess you could say we could walk into your room and tell you yeah. kind of where that stacky is hiding. Would you yeah. say you and your wife have been sensitized to that level where, where you kind of know now where, where it is? Um, I, I would say my, my wife, definitely, you know, she can go into an area and she'll start to react, you know, uh, you know, she'll be, Oh, I know there's mold here, you know, um, she can't tell you it's behind this wall, but, uh, but she'll definitely know it. She definitely knows it's there. Um, me for myself, I've never really been sensitive to it, but working, taking Molly into houses now, I'm on high alert all the time. You know, I'm like, mm, there's probably mold over here because that's, you know, there's always, mold, there's always mold, <laughs> you know, behind the washing machine, you know, in the drain that goes into the, uh, into the wall, you know, it's just, there's, there's typical places and, you know, I'll, I'll go into a friend's house and I'll be looking at the, 
looking at the floor, you know, and, and just looking for evidence of water damage. It's always on my mind, you know. So I guess in a sense, I, I could be a, a mold detection person. And I guess I am. <laughs> I feel like it's like once you get into this mold industry, it's like your life. You know, it's like everywhere you go, you're constantly like analyzing what's going on in the ecosystem of a building. <laughs> like, how do I feel? Yeah. So, so it sounds like your wife is hypersensitive. So, um, do you guys ever like run experiments? Then she'll say, you know, hey, you know, I feel it here, and then you have Molly with you, and then does Molly then go and validate it for you? And you're like, oh man, get impressed by her abilities. Uh, no, I, we haven't really done that, but we do. I mean, anytime we go to a hotel or anytime we go anywhere that's not home, you know, we will uh, we'll have her check things out. You know, and and we've you know, hotel rooms are terrible, so. So, uh, so she, she finds mold in them all the time. You know, we'll, we'll probably go through a, quite a few hotel rooms before we, uh, before we find a clean one, you know, quote unquote. So, so she's you, really helpful. you pointed out some common areas in a home where you usually find mold. Where are some common areas in a hotel that you usually find mold? Oh, always, always around the bathroom, you know, so I, I'm not really sure. Why? I mean, other than just the fact that there's water there, you know, or maybe people don't use the fan or maybe the fans are garbage, you know, but there's, you know, she's, she alerts quite often or, you know, around toilets, around the tubs, just the walls that, and the carpet for the most part, you know, I mean, the, you know, you can never really clean carpets very well. And, uh, and I think shampooing carpets is probably something that hotel rooms usually do, which is, bad for bad for mold because the carpet pad gets soaked and it never fully dries out. So mold grows in the carpets, you know, we found on a side, a side note is that we've had good experience with a website called new sleeps. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but yeah. So it's like hotels that have been built within a year or two. And so those, those tend to be the cleanest. Yeah. I've actually had major success with new sleeps. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the, and the, the heater, the heaters too, the heat air conditioning units, those things get moldy. So those are something to watch for too. You know, I mean, we've been in hotel rooms where the floor underneath the heating is soaking wet because the condenser is dripping on the, on the carpet, you know, it's like, okay, (laughs) not staying here. You know, there's, there's definitely a mold problem. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Home Cleanse, formerly known as All American Restoration, is a company that specializes in improving indoor air quality through proper mold remediation, offering services nationwide. You can visit them at homecleanse.com to learn more. The Mold Guy performs mold sampling and testing for homeowners, renters, and businesses. Please visit themoldguyinc.com to learn more. Black Diamond Services provides solutions to the unforeseen challenges that can affect homes and families with no out-of-pocket costs. Services include temporary housing relocation and mold test referrals for homeowners. Visit blackdiamondservices.com to learn more. Thank you again for your sponsorships. It is integral to our ability to serve our community and to improve the quality of life for all. Seems a little unfair that uh, the dogs are believed, but people are not. Right. Yeah. It doesn't it just break your heart. I mean, it's it's the whole the whole the whole industry. The whole I feel like the whole housing industry, the whole mold industry, doctors. It all needs to be, you know, uh, redone so, to take this more seriously. Right. Well, years ago, um, real estate agents were becoming hypersensitized 
So they just walk into a place and go, oh, no, this is bad. But because they couldn't disrespect the properties they were showing, they couldn't say anything about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I tell my clients is that, uh, you know, to trust, trust your instincts. You know, if you if you have a gut feeling about a certain room or, or about the basement or, you know, every time I look at that wall, I get a creepy feeling. I'm like, your brain is the highest powered computer there is. And it's probably you probably know that there's mold there or 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 something. There's there's something there that's affecting you and you should, you know, trust your gut, you know, and, and I, I would say. Nine times out of 10, if somebody has an icky feeling about a room, Molly will find mold in that room. Well, it's interesting that um, many mold experts believe that mold is dispersed evenly throughout the house, but that can't possibly be, or your dog wouldn't be alerting on specific areas. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a, it's not like a bomb, you know, it's not like it just evenly disperses. You're right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely mold sources, right? I mean, that it's the it's the mold that's growing and sending out spores from a certain area. Obviously, that area or that wall is going to be full of mold, versus you know, you know, a, a room on the complete other side of the house that's never seen water damage. You know, there's there's obviously going to be a discrepancy there. Yeah, and there's people who get sick because they're sleeping directly next to the wall, and people at a distance, they're fine. Right. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Have you ever... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Eric. I was just going to say that um, you really have to watch the mold experts who think they can do air testing and uh, just go into almost any room of the house and tell you yes or no whether this place is bad for you, while the uh, people who are sensitized are going, wait a minute, it's over in this one wall. Yeah. Yeah, I, I um, I would trust air tests probably last. You know, I think I would trust an Ermi test. You know, uh, I, I would trust the dog first and then maybe like an Ermi dust test, you know. But then again, you know, you, collection is everything, right? It's it's how you take the sample is going to depend on, on your results, right? Um, so so it, I think it, any testing method you have to be kind of careful with. Obviously, those swab tests where you're directly taking a sample from, you know, f- you know, from a a spot on the wall or a spot on the floor or, or whatever, like that's, that's kind of a, a roulette, you know, you, you don't know what's there until you put it under the microscope, you know? So, so after you, after you find a place, do you then test it to verify what kind of mold it is that the dog has found? So we don't do that yet. Um, we're pretty early as a business. We've only been doing this for about two years and we do it part time. So but I would I would like to be certified into doing more testing, more exploratory testing, and and be able to serve our customers more, so that you know a lot of our clients are being told by their doctor, you have these mycotoxins from these molds in your body, and a lot of times they want to know, you know, all right, well, where is that mold in my house? And and Molly can't tell me, hey, hey, Dad, this is penicillium mold. She's just telling me, hey, there's there's mold here. You know, and I would like to be able to then, you know, once she alerts to to do like a like a lift test or like a air test in the in the wall cavity or or some sort of targeted testing and then be able to give the client and their insurance company or whoever else needs to know the confirmation that, yes, this mold was found. This is the type and species because, you know, sometimes people need that. 
And so, you know, it's, it's on our horizon. It's, it's not something we can do today, but I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to do that soon. Do you ever use your, um, uh, like Molly, have you ever been summoned to appear like in court to help someone win a court case over mold issues or? Uh, we haven't yet. Um, I know a few, uh, rarely, you know, I know Bill has had to do that a few times over the years. Um, so it does happen and it, it is admissible in court, you know, um, so it's, it's legitimate legal testing method for detecting mold, you know, because the, the dog was professionally trained. So, um, so it, it does hold up in court, but we've never had to appear yet. Eric, did you want to ask a question? Sorry, I think I might've cut you off. Well, that's just amazing to me that uh, somebody who demonstrates their ability to detect mold is not believed, but the dog is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's, it's too bad. <laughs> it's too bad. I went down to uh, see Dr. Vincent Marinkovich, the famous Dr. Mold down in Redwood City. He was one of the first prominent mold experts back in the day, back in the 1990s. And I walked into his office and immediately I could feel something was wrong. I walked around the uh, reception room and I found a mold colony in his own reception room. Mm. So I told him about it. And he was amazed. He said, I've never seen anybody do that before. You just walk past a wall and you can point at it. <laughs> what was intriguing to me is that this was the top mold specialist at the time. And he told me that I was the first person he had ever seen who could actually do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little surprising, right? <laughs> yeah, it kind of lets me know with all the mold patients that he was seeing that the others weren't actually doing that. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm kind of curious about that. Why weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I think part of it is probably just awareness. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe you're just it's on your mind, and and you you're able to to put two and two together. You know, it's in the forefront. You know, I think a lot yeah. of our a lot of people are just you know they're sick, and maybe they know it's from mold, but they just you know they're just not aware of their surroundings enough to be able to, to alert it themselves, you know? Yeah. We do a mold tour. We actually take people to known stachybotrys infested buildings. We try not to kill them. We approach it slowly. Sometimes <laughs> if people react before we even get in the building, we go, okay, that's enough and turn around. But very often people say, you know, I think I knew this all along, but I just kind of put it out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there's the, there's probably the other the other side of it too, which is if you're super sensitive to it and you're even like like sometimes I think your brain can trick you into thinking that there's mold or that you're reacting to mold when there is no mold there because you're so traumatized from the experience. I mean, you guys would probably know more about that than than me, but I've just I've seen on on a lot of Facebook groups of people who, you know, they express like that they had to throw out every single thing in their house and yet they're still reacting and they, they, they feel like they just can't get away from it. And I wonder how much of that is just their cortisol level is still through the roof and they haven't been able to like come down from it. You know, so maybe that stress reaction from the SIRS is causing their body to react when, when maybe there isn't mold present. I mean, what, what are your guys' opinion on that? Well, that's part of what the mold tour was designed to find out by taking people to certain areas without their knowledge. So they have no reason to be afraid. 
Mm. And they would re- they would start reacting, you know, with no warning. And because it's a group of people who are all equally hypersensitized, we can reassure them that no, you didn't really imagine this. We all feel the same thing. With right. No warning, no mental stimulus that would let us know that it was there. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you that our there are people who are so traumatized that they freak out at the sight of a black stain. <laughs> they see things that aren't even mold, and they say, "Oh yeah, I feel sick here. There's got to be mold." So there's a definite difference between the people who have worked themselves into a frenzy over this and the mm-hmm. people who are truly hypersensitized and can demonstrate their ability to detect it. Yeah. I wanted to talk about um, Molly and just her health, because we know that, you know, we know what toxic mold does to people. It can harm them. Mm-hmm. So what is it that you're doing to maybe preserve her health as you um, continue on with this business? I'm so glad you asked. Um, I do get that question a lot, you know, like, what about Molly? Is she going to get hurt, you know, breathing mold, taking her into moldy houses and and whatnot? So part of the the part of our method is that I always leave Molly in the car for first and I go in the house by myself. Part of the reason why I do that is to make sure that there's not such a high level of mold that I can't bring her in, you know, for instance, if I go into a house and I feel like I can't be in here without a respirator, I won't be able to bring Molly in there because she can't, she can't wear a respirator, right? There's no point in bringing her into a super moldy house. You know, she's, she's not going to tell us anything, you know, and at that point. Um, So I always go in first. I kind of assess the area. I make sure that it's safe for the dog on multiple levels too, because, you know, sometimes people have mouse traps or whatnot in their basement. You know, I want to make sure that I can, protect Molly from, you know, from sticking her nose where, where she's going to get hurt. Right. Um, and so mold is part of that. And another part of that is limited exposure. Right. So Molly was our, our household dog while we had a mold problem that we couldn't figure out. Right. And so she was living with the mold, just like we were now she lives in a clean home, you know, and we only do a couple appointments a week. Uh, so, and she's only in there in the house for, you know, 45 minutes, an hour tops, probably at a time. So she's very, has a very limited exposure. That all being said, dogs noses are different than people. So, and this, this part comes from, from Bill and his knowledge of, of dogs and how dogs noses work. So I'll just tell you what he told me is that when dogs sniff, they don't have to bring it all the way into their lungs. They're basically just passing the the scent across their olfactory sensors in their nose. And if their body tells them that something dangerous, they can snort it out and take a fresh breath from a different spot, you know? So that's how, you know, so, so dogs, you know, sniffers are a lot more advanced. Not only can they smell things to a degree way higher than we can, they can also protect themselves from, just breathe in mold all the time, you know? And so the, I think all those things combined to really help her to be protected, you know, and we do everything we can obviously to, to prevent her from being exposed to too much mold. That's good to know. Cause I feel like this is always the hard question that comes up with the mold sniffing, sniffing dogs. It's like the ethics of it. Like, are they being harmed? Are they, are they okay? Mm-hmm. Like what, is there a protocol in place to to make sure their health is being preserved? So that's really interesting about the anatomy of their nose. And it just mm-hmm. goes out and they already know like to 
where to sniff, you know, Eric, it kind of sounds like that. (laughs) We, we try to avoid that too, by, you know, going in a different area so that we don't (laughs) continually to be exposed to, to that particular mold colony. And that's what I told people is that I turned myself into my own mold dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Hey, you're hired. (laughs) I'll take you through. Take you through houses. But, but my uh, my testimony isn't admissible in court because I'm a human. Right. I'm not a dog. <laughs> right. <laughs> Humans are, they're bastards, you know, like dogs can't go and lie and, you know, whatever, make up a story or God knows right. what people would do if this was a thing. They would make up faulty claims and try to go after insurance money. It's just, what's wrong with people <laughs> these days? <laughs> right. Dr. Shoemaker's thrown a real wrinkle into things lately by saying that most of the problem, the gene activations and the reactivity that people experience is not really to mold at all. It's to a filamentous bacteria, actinomycetes. Mm. So how is this playing into your business? And have you ever found actinomycetes and not mold? Well, um, I haven't haven't had that experience where we where we found no mold but then we found that and i i was listening to a a few of your older podcasts you, you brought that up too that's very interesting about dr shoemaker because um you know he his book was one of the first books we read when my wife and i when we were learning about mold and 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 serves and stuff so um so no i mean a lot of our house our clients houses they they do find other environmental impacts like bacteria and stuff like that too but you know i would say aside from a few houses we've always found mold um but then again most of our clients are like we mentioned before most of my clients are kind of at the end of their rope when they find us you know they they know they have mold because of you know, certain tests that they, that they're doing, or they know they have, they're being exposed to mold in their body or whatnot, but they just can't find it. And so, you know, when we're going into a house, it's, it's almost assumed that there's mold there. You know, we just got to figure out where it is. Um, But like I said, there's been a few, few people who have hired us, who were hiring us for the clearance test, basically that just to give them that peace of mind that there's no mold. And and we have we have been able to clear a few clean homes, so they do exist out there, people. <laughs> don't don't worry. You know, there's there's such a thing as a clean home. So if you walk into a place that's so bad that you don't even dare bring the dog in, what do you tell your clients? Just bail out. This place is hopeless. <laughs> uh, I uh, I have given that advice before, um, and uh, and yeah, that's you know that's. For sensitive individuals, that's that's kind of the answer that that I would give, you know, is that, hey, it's, you know, because it all comes down to cost, right? Cost and effort, you know, if you, I would say this, if you have the means, financial or otherwise, and the ability to get your house to a clean level to where you can live there and you can recover and you can get rid of the mold, then I suggest you do it, you know, um, and Molly and I will come back and we'll you know, we'll help you make sure that you got it all once you've done like the the lion's share of the remediation, right? But if you don't, if it's too expensive or whatnot, you got to do what's best for your health, right? And sometimes that means washing your hands of the situation and, and you know, 
fi- finding a house that's that's in a cleaner state for you, you know, because let's face it, some people are super sensitive to mold. Some people are, don't seem to be affected by it at all, you know, and and I'm not suggesting that those people should just live in a moldy house, but you know, the, uh, you know, for, for me and, and my family, we can't live in a moldy house. It has to be a clean house. And so we need to either get it to that point or we need to find somewhere else to live. So, you know, sometimes, yeah, I'm, I'm faced with giving that, that advice to, a, to my clients. It's like, you make up your own decisions, but you know, it might, the decision might be to, to abandon this place and, and just find someplace that's better. And, and we'll help you find that place and make sure that it's clean before you buy it. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you mentioned that there are good homes out there because I think everyone gets so freaked out with this illness and they're just like, there's nothing, nothing's good. Everyone's saying new homes are bad. Old homes are bad. (laughs) Pointing out the spots on the ceilings. Like this is bad because of the spot in the ceiling. It's just, it's like a fear frenzy, you know? And it's like, well, let's bring it back a little bit here. And Mm-hmm. That's why we we teach strategic mold avoidance because we are hypersensitive. And I think if you're a hypersensitive person and you don't have that information of, okay, these are things that you could do in order to help your health and not freak out, it just, it becomes just like a, it just becomes really scary. And then you become almost like a recluse, you know, where you're just like, everywhere feels bad. I don't know what to do. And then people end up committing suicide or worse, you know? losing everything, living in their car and not really sure what to do next. So this is kind of counterintuitive, but uh, becoming hypersensitive was the best thing that happened to me because I could tell good houses from bad, knew where I could be and where I could not just learn to avoid the bad places in town. And that was like a miracle. My health took off like a rocket. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good news, you know? Um, And it really is. It is heartbreaking, you know, to having been through it. And, and, and I'm, I meet people all the time who are kind of in that same space where just like you, like you said before, where, you know, it's divisive to families, you know, there's a lot of times there's somebody in the, in the immediate family or somebody in the extended family who keeps telling you, Hey, you know, you're, you're crazy. Or they have these crazy ideas like, well, maybe you just need to wear a respirator all the time. And, you know, people say dumb things. And, uh, and they just don't get it, you know? And so I'm, I'm happy that I'm happy that we've gone through it ourselves so that I can relate with those people. And, and I can relate to those people who think that their spouse is a little bit crazy because that was me before I really understood it. You know, like, I'm like, come on. I mean, you know, I I grew up learning, well, you know, just mold is, it's just there and you just clean it up with some bleach water and then, and then that's it, which you should never do by the way. Bleach is terrible. Don't use bleach. (laughs) But, but, you know, I mean, I was there too, because I was, I was ignorant of the impact. I didn't really know anything and I didn't, and I didn't know what I was talking about, but now having been through it, I do, I do know, and I do understand and I can relate. And I understand that the importance of actually finding the mold and getting rid of it in the proper way. And, and we try to, you know, we try to advise our clients in the best way possible so that they can actually get healthy, you know, and actually live in a clean environment. Yeah. Much like your, what you do, we're sort of like exposing molds, the last line of defense, you know, where the hypersensitive come to learn strategies in order to 
use their hypersensitivity as a benefit and not as something to be scared of. And like, I can't exist in this world because I'm so sick and reactive to everything. So we totally relate on that level, but, um, it was just such a great conversation, Glenn. I really appreciate you joining us on the show today. Keely, Eric, do you have any last questions? All right, Glenn, if anyone wanted to work with Molly in the mold canine, where can they find you? Oh, thank you so much. And I just want to say it's, I'm so grateful to be here and I'm so happy that you guys reached out. Um, it's, it's been really an awesome privilege to be on this podcast and everything. And, and I hope that what we've had, what we've said is, is of some value to your listeners and stuff. Uh, that being said, uh, we have a website, uh, it's uh, moldk9.com. Canine is is spelled C-A-N-I-N-E. Um, so if they go to the website, you can fill out a form. It sends it to our email inbox. That's probably the best way because you know if you fill you fill out the form and and that gives us some baseline instruction of where you live, you know how big your house is, your phone number, and then we can get back in touch with you, you know, and give you some prices and and you know if you're out of state you know, if you're out of the state of Michigan, we can then coordinate maybe a trip to your state. You know, we're, we're coordinating a big state to Ohio and Illinois this coming weekend. So, and those things are only really possible if we kind of group houses together and all on the same trip. So the form's probably the best way. You can also find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. It's all mold canine with canine spelled out as a word, C-A-N-I-N. Any so uh, that's how you find us. We also have a phone number. It's two four eight two nine four zero five six zero. You can call or text me. It goes right to my cell phone, and I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. Um, sometimes we get kind of busy, but you know we'll 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 respond. We'll reply to you, and we'll we'll try to help you out any way we can. Even if I can't get to your state, I'm I'm available for a phone call. You know I can I've I've been able to talk through some things and with some people, I'm happy to do it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help. So in any way that we can, we're, we're on your team, wherever you are. <laughs> That's sweet. Thank you so much, Glenn. And thank you to our listeners. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.